0: Hi, and welcome to EST. If you love the established church, this is the place to have conversations about why the established church matters, how to better serve her, and to hear stories every week about how God is using the church for his glory and our good. The show is hosted each week by Sam Rayner, the pastor of West Bradenton Baptist Church in Bradenton, Florida, Josh King, the pastor of Saxey's Church in Saxey, Texas, and me, Micah Fries, the pastor of Brainerd Baptist Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. We're glad you're here.
1: Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome to episode number 32 of EST, the podcast for the established church. My name is Josh King. I'm joined, as always, with my co-host and friends, Sam Rayner and Mike Friese. How are you guys doing today? Good, man. Awesome possum.
0: Y'all are great. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Awesome possum. Awesome, awesome.
1: awesome possum. Sam is like, Sam, how old are you? I'm 37.
0: Sam is a 37-year-old dude who's like 30 years older than he actually is yeah. at times. I honestly Listen, think why, we're all that way though.
2: I, I have no idea what that means but my <laughs> wife says it all the time.
0: Does if she my really? Wife Aaron,
1: it's probably yeah, more She's
2: always like, "Oh, awesome possum." Awesome. It's that's
0: probably That's hilarious.
1: More, I don't know how to say it, but just it's probably cute coming from a wife than it does, you know, yes. coming from somebody like. That. <laughs> yes. I'm going to start using it though. Awesome, boss! Awesome. <laughs> hey guys, um, as always, I know you guys are thankful, especially you, Micah. But um, this show is brought to you by Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary, and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, the mission at Southeastern Seminary is to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ by equipping students to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission. The school is located in Wake Forest, North Carolina and offers more than 40 different degree programs ranging from the Associate of Divinity to the Doctor of Philosophy. With more than 3,400 students enrolled, Southeastern trains future and current ministry leaders to lead effectively, study the Word diligently, and preach the Gospel unashamedly. Learn more about Southeastern by visiting www.sebts.edu and come check out their campus, to see how you can join the Southeastern family and learn how you can go to reach your community, your nation, and your world. Where are you going? Southeastern will help you get there. Great sponsors,
0: great seminary. Love having them on board. Um, I was just on the campus uh, four days ago. It's beautiful, no? It's gorgeous, man. The Magnolia is all over the place. In fact, I was having lunch with Sam, your brother, like six days ago. <laughs>
2: mm. Oh, nice.
0: Yeah, Very we had nice. a good time.
1: Today's topic is one that will be particularly relevant if you're listening live, if you're listening as soon as we post these things, if you're listening next Tuesday. Um episode 32 is all about networks, conventions, association, denominations. Um the the uh, Speaking
0: the, speaking of networks, Josh. Yeah. Speaking of networks. Yeah. You're a, a fan of the Texas Longhorns who are a part mm-hmm. of the big of uh, the Big 12. The 10-team Big 12, yes. The 10-team Big 12. Love as You guys know how to count in Texas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bob Stoops announced his retirement yesterday. He's afraid. T- Texas's nemesis. I'm pretty sure he's not afraid. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not what's happening.
1: Well, he wasn't afraid of Houston last year when Tom Herman well, was coaching you know. it and kind of shut that down. Uh, yeah. No, I don't know. There's all sorts it's, of rumors going around. It's baseball season.
0: Please. Uh, It is baseball season, but I just wanted to note that the nemesis of uh, Josh King's Texas Longhorns uh, retired yesterday, and that's why Josh, I think, has a big smile on his face today.
1: (laughs) Out of respect for all of those lovely Sooner fans, I'm going (laughs) to keep my opinions to myself. But man, yesterday, you know why Bob Stoops
0: is a great coach, right? You know why he's a great coach? Because he wins. Because he came to Oklahoma from the Florida Gators, where he won a national mm-hmm. championship as our defensive coordinator. Anyway, all right. We can
1: One on. of the rumors is that <laughs> there's going to be an opening of the Florida coach next year, and that's yes. actually
0: what he's, he's leveraging gonna for. <laughs> I saw that. That's ridiculous. That's not happening. But anyway, we can I go mean, on. I mean, who we'll would leave
1: Oklahoma about. to go to Florida? That's crazy. Um right. I'm totally joking. So we're talking about networks, conventions, associations. So one of the largest, uh, I guess, evangelical or Protestant denominations will be meeting next week, the Southern Baptist Convention in Phoenix, Arizona. And it kind of brings up the topic of denominations associations. We're assuming that nearly every one of our listeners, regardless of their denomination, is part of something that they call a network or a convention or association or whatever you might call it. And I guess the main question here, I've got two of them for you guys, and I'm going to let you guys kind of run with this, but what role do those sort of communities play in the life of the church? What role do those sort of communities play in the life of the pastor? And then maybe, and I think there's some thoughts on this, is there a future for these sort of things? Or, you know, are we going to look up in 20 years and we're going to have things like United Methodist or the Southern Baptist or or Acts 29? Are we going to have such a beast in the future? And if so, does it look like it looks today? So to start off with this, let's just, let's just you know, hit it with the church. Sam, what do you think the role of a network denomination association plays in the life of the local church for the regular church member attender?
2: Well, I've got a lot of opinions on this, and I'm glad to share them. Um, hmm. I have some very specific opinions. You know, when I think of a and when I think of a association. So let's talk local network cuz that's a little different animal than say a national network or a national denomination. I'm just going to speak to the local association, the local network. Mm-hmm. Um we're we're a part of my church is a part of a couple of those. One's more formal through the denomination, the other's more informal. We, it's not like it's its own entity or anything. It's not like it's its own 501c3. It's just it's just a network that we have. What I love about the local network and what I love about the local associations, whatever you call them, is that they are very much geared to target and to help solve specific community problems. Mm. So we have a terrible heroin problem here. I mean, we're, we're one of the worst spots in the nation. My church is right in the middle of a neighborhood that's one of the worst in the nation. Um, it's just awful. I mean, it's just we got twenty drug deals going on in our parking lot. So um, every day, I mean, it's just it's just. Part of what goes on here, and the local churches have kind of banded together. To, to some have banded together to help solve this problem, but it produces other problems like a foster care crisis. I mean, we're one of the worst spots in the nation for for foster care, for human trafficking, for um, you know, for abortion, and so we're we're partnering with local churches to target those community-specific problems. You know, to our listeners, they may be in a community. You may have a completely different problem, but it's mm-hmm. geared toward your s- specific location. I think local networks, local associations are are perfect to to solve problems like that, where a national entity is just going to be completely clueless about how to handle that. Mm. So I, that's where I see a lot of value in them. Um, there's other there's other things that are valuable about them, but I'll, I'll let Micah
1: I'll let Micah speak to that. Micah for the church, like the local member, what do those things do for them?
0: Yeah, well, I I think first there's, um, you know, everything is theological. Everything on the planet is theological. Even, Josh, your opinion about sports teams is at some Mm. root level theological. (laughs) My uh, depravity. Your depravity depravity certainly shows in your selection of teams. But nonetheless, um, so that leaves the question, what's the theological implication of partnership with a network, association, national denomination, any of those sort of things? And I would argue that there's a preponderance of evidence across the New Testament that supports this, but particularly the book of Philippians mm-hmm. lends itself toward this. So I know that many commentators, I think I've said this on the podcast before, many commentators say that the book of Philippians is about uh, joy. I think that's a secondary theme in the book of Philippians, and I'm, you know, I realize I'm going against a lot of folks, but I, I think the dominant point of the book of Philippians is partnership for the advance of the gospel, and joy comes out of that. So I think the New Testament is Im- imperative would be Christians and churches partnering with other Christians and churches to advance the gospel and see the kingdom of God made made visible, made known in their community all the way around the world. And uh, out of that, there are a number of things that come out of, uh, of us committing to being on mission in partnership partnership with others. One of those things is joy. And so I tell our people all the time, first of all, mission is the culmination of discipleship. You can't call yourself a, a disciple who's maturing unless you're Ex, you know uh, engaging in ministry and on mission and um, God designed mission and ministry and particularly mission ministry and partner with others when partnership with others to be a source of both his power and and his joy so a lot of Christians say well I don't experience the power of God at work in my life and I don't seem to have persistent abiding joy in my life and I think both of those things are related to our partnering together with other believers on mission. So my theological answer to that is what's it do for the average person in your church? What well, helps them to live robust Christian lives the way God designed it to, to be? Mm-hmm.
1: Through, the, through the, what, the networking
0: or the ministries of the local association? Well, I would say here's the thing. Local networks, state networks, national networks, or international networks, we're all involved in some or all of those things sure. at some level. They're just mechanisms to facilitate biblical partnership for the advance of the mission, for the advance of the gospel, and the the um, you know the the visible demonstration of the kingdom of God. Mm. So I think sometimes we we judge, and we need to we need to judge partnerships based on their effectiveness. How good are they at accomplishing their tasks? but we also need to remember there's a theological component to these partnerships that we do these things because God designed Christian life to be lived out in partnership with other believers and mm-hmm. other churches. Do y'all ever so, f- oh, go, go, ahead, go sorry. ahead sorry. No, 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 go ahead.
1: Do y'all ever feel a pressure to be a part of a local collective that is sort of cross denominational lines almost for yeah. just the purpose of just kind of hanging out? Yeah. How do you feel
2: about Yeah, but those? I would I wouldn't I wouldn't call it pressure. I welcome those things. Uh, you know, I I, I want to meet all the area pastors, whether I agree with them or not. And you know, if you're talking just fellowship, even with you know maybe a denomination or a church that I would question some you know theological tenets that they may have, mm-hmm. I, I still want to have a good relationship and I still want to be friendly with them. So, um, yeah. I, and actually, I, I've I've hung out with uh, we we've kind of got a, a lunch thing that we do with. It's just completely cross denominational.
1: Um and and I'll go on occasion just to mm-hmm.
2: just to see how everyone's
1: doing. But let's say they're going to yeah. do a big old evangelistic rally, which they almost always spiral into eventually. Are you cool with that?
2: How does it, an what? evangelistic rally not not here in Florida, man? I mean, we're not we're not. That's not something that's. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I hate to call out a denomination, but the Episcopal's down the road. They're not. They're not really. They're not doing evangelistic <laughs> rallies, but
1: um, so y'all just get together for lunch.
2: Uh, it, it's it, yeah. I mean that that's pretty much it w- with uh, with most of the stuff. But we we've we've done you know we've done a few things together. Mm-hmm. But it's pretty much fellowship. Hmm. But if 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 they were like, hey, we're going to do this, mm-hmm. uh, whatever it is. Yeah, I would have some theological questions. I would have some doctrinal questions. I would yeah. I'd want to know like, okay, what is the gospel to you? Right. Um, but and, and and that's important. That's very important. Mm-hmm. But. Well, I haven't encountered that problem yet. And, okay. and, if, and if it was a case where it's all social gospel and, right. you know, it's not really a proclamation, I probably wouldn't leave my church to be a part of that particular event. Hmm.
1: Well, okay, so let's ask, it, let's ask it on this level. When we're talking about the local level, do you find any benefit? Uh, I've, so I've gone to these things regularly, either across denominational lines or within my own association and denomination, and a lot of times I feel that they're stale, at least within our environment. They're stale. They're not really something that really um, benefits me or the other people that are there, at least from my perspective. So what I've started doing is just kind of um, throwing it out there. Hey, any local pastors want to go for coffee? I'm going to coffee on this time, and I switch it all up. And there's a bunch of different people who normally wouldn't go to the other kind of formalized thing, and, and we see some benefit out of that. Do you see any benefit out of sort of um, – decentralized networks that are less organized and more just about sort of, uh, affinity or coming together over personalities.
0: Here's what I would say. Yeah. Decentralized networks are almost always new networks. You know why? Because decentralized networks that last become organized, centralized networks at some level. Very true. That's what I say about
1: these people that are so worried about not eating at chain restaurants. I'm always like, you know what a <laughs> chain restaurant is? That's a rest. That's a local restaurant that more than just that neighborhood liked. So yeah, exactly.
0: That's a restaurant that other people are happy. Other with. people. I like. mean, this is. It's the reality. It's it's like these you know networks, and mm-hmm. and I, I mean all all of us are part of a denominational tradition that's old and established, and and at least I I know I have also then joined um, networks that tend to be newer. But I kind of laugh sometimes at networks that like proudly sort of declare we're not a denomination. We're just a loose network of. Mm -hmm. until you know 10 years later when you function just like a denomination and you don't have to call yourself that but you are that you Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so um i mean look i'm not picking i'm just saying that there are certain characteristics that become true of any lasting connection connecting group connected group of people Mm. and for them to last generally there's some level of organization and decentralization is fantastic in fact we're watching large established denominations try and decentralize right now and that's a good thing The issue is not centralization, decentralization. The issue is, do we facilitate gospel partnership? Are we effective in helping advance the aims of our partnership? And are we using the most effective means possible to get at those aims? And health requires a tension between certain necessary levels of organization and um, overburdening an organization with excessive organization to the degree that it mutes or um, blunts their effectiveness. Hmm.
1: So would it be fair to say that on the local level, the benefit is that sort of camaraderie or that community for the pastor on the greater level, the bigger level. The benefit is the mission.
2: No, I don't, I wouldn't say it like that.
1: I
0: wouldn't either. Uh,
2: I, right. I get what you're. I mean, I get I get the point that you're making because that's kind of how it works out. Sure. And a lot of you know these local networks versus national
0: networks because mm-hmm.
2: you can't you can't gather nationally all the time, but you can gather locally more often. So the gatherings at the local level end up being about fellowship a little more, but that's just because, you know, you all live 10 miles from each other, so you can right. get together a little more often. No, I, I think it always needs to be about the mission. Mm. I don't think fellowship needs to be the primary objective of any network. If you're talking a biblical network for the advancement of the gospel or a biblical mm-hmm. denomination for the advancement of the gospel, that that needs to be what's primary. Um, so I know I, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't say that that's what needs to happen. Although, I, you know— that does happen, but you know, when when I travel to my the national denominational meeting that we're a part of, um that we'll be meeting in Phoenix in business casual this year. Thankfully, <laughs>
1: I'm um, wearing shorts. It's 106 Josh, degrees. Shorts. It's 106 yeah. degrees.
2: You know why I go? I I go to hang out with people that I don't usually get to see. So yeah. mine's kind of flip flopped. I go to the national meeting just for fellowship. Yeah. I go to the local meetings for mission.
0: Mm. Um, and I would say it this way. I would say our ultimate purpose is mission, but the glue that holds us together is relationship. Mm-hmm. And that's true on a local level or a national level. So it's like evangelism and discipleship. I get ticked off when people create false dichotomies between the two, right? Mm-hmm. Evangelism and discipleship, is they're both two sides of the same coin. How do we make disciples, right? The same thing is true with networks. They ought to exist for for mission, and I've been a part of local networks that basically only exist because of relationships, and I'll last about two or three gatherings, and then I'm done. I mm-hmm. tap out. I, yeah. I got too many other things to do. I've got friends. I don't, you know. I, I mean, I, I, I want to be about mission. I want to be about be about connecting together in networks and partnerships and denominations to accomplish a necessary mission. But what's going to keep me in that network is existing relationships with other people.
1: Well, then let me push back on both of you a little bit here. If that's the case, if mission is the case, how much does your particular theological bend or understanding play a role in that local? Because as you mentioned there, Sam, you guys get together with cross-denominational folks for lunch. You don't actually do any mission. You're actually just fellowshipping. So. Well, somebody Um, else pays for it, so, I mean, that makes it a little easier. That's missional. That's awesome. So, so, I mean, I get what y'all are saying, but in reality, as you guys say, it eventually gets that way anyways. Well, it almost seems like fellowship is the only way you're going to be able to hang out with people across denomination, because if you're actually doing mission, gospel-centered mission, which is going to eventually end up in discipleships and local churches, it's kind of going to matter to me which denomination that church is a part of and which one we're planting it in. It matters a
0: little bit, right? Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. It
1: matters a lot, but it just depends on the
2: issue. So, you know, if we're tackling heroin and trying to get people off heroin, my my theological umbrella is a little wider than, you know, it might be, say, a a mission— Trip for the you know for the sake of sharing the gospel mm-hmm. to another location. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of depends on what we're doing for me. Um, theology and doctrine is always there, you know. It's always important, um, but y- y- you know we're so thin on churches down here in Southwest Florida. I mm-hmm. mean, desperately thin that. I just don't have a whole lot of options. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're a Baptist church. We got like 20 Baptist churches in my association, and we got we got four or five associations around us that are about to die. Wow. Uh, li- literally, they're just banding. So, you know, we're and churches are closing their doors. So I just don't have a whole lot of options down mm-hmm. here. I mean, I, I just got to work with who's here. So that's part of my problem, too.
0: Yeah, I would say um, this goes back to, you know, theological triage that Al Moeller, Dr. Al Mueller, had kind of put together a few years ago that a lot of people have learned to sort of enjoy and and use as sort of a standard. But I would say theological triage is important in terms of partnerships. There are folks that I'm going to, you know, partner with for certain things that it truthfully in terms of theology, it really doesn't matter that much. I mean, I I partner with people who aren't a part of the same, uh, not only the same portion of, you know, Christianity that I'm from the Protestant evangelical tradition, you know, we'll partner with mainline Christians outside of that, depending on the the effort or the task. And we'll partner with people who are outside the historic Christian faith uh, at all. I mean Mormons, Muslims. I mean if if we're advocating, for instance, for life, you know, we're trying to stand up for a culture of life in our city. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the I think Francis Schaefer others have called this co belligerency, right? So we're gonna be co belligerents together to advocate for that position. And I love so, that term. I do, too. I think it's a lot of fun. I think oh, it's a lot religion. of fun, co Um but I'm, not gonna plant, but I'm not going to plant churches together with those folks. Mm. And we can't because, you know, it's, it's, it's I'm a Baptist. I've got good, good, good friends who are Presbyterians. I'm not going to plant churches with Presbyterians, as Ed Stetzer likes to say, because at some point in time, somebody's got to be baptized and we're all going to disagree <laughs> over how we're going to do that. You know, do we need a bowl or do we need a big bucket to make mm. this happen? And uh, and and you know I'm not trying to mock either Baptists or Presbyterians. I'm just saying there are differences, and so right. you know theological triage is going to dictate the level of the partnership depending on the purpose or the aim. But ultimately, I think the interchange between mission and relationship is almost both non-negotiable and inseparable.
1: I'm really curious to hear both of your opinions on the future of you know these major denominations, these huge collectives of churches. But before we do, I want to share with our listeners that EST is sponsored by Pastor Talk, which is a um, sort of a, a blog or, or a podcast of Lifeway. Join host Marty Duran as he interviews pastors, professors, authors, and other ministry practitioners. Pastor Talk gives you the tools and encouragement to shepherd your flock well. You can subscribe to Pastor Talk in iTunes or your favorite podcatcher, or listen at lifewaypastors.com, another way, another um, instance of sort of the new idea of networking. Because this is really kind of my um, my proposition, what I'm finding very interesting. And maybe it's always been. I don't know. I, I grew up in an independent fundamental Baptist church, so we were very much anti, um, I don't know, fellowship or cooperation or association or, or just everybody else. So that's just kind of the way we were. But um, what I'm seeing here more so is stronger and stronger is... The local large church, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a big church, but regionally there are these networks or identities that are identifying around larger churches that have begun to pour into the local community. So here in Dallas, one very good example of this is Prestonwood. Prestonwood has these Prestonwood Network dinners. We all get together. They pay for it. It's fajitas. It's great. And there are hundreds of pastors at this thing across denominationals. Um, well, more so across denominational
0: politics. Denominationals. Sam, denominationals. Is that like millennials? Is that a generation? I'm just Mm -hmm. curious where that fits in. I've got
1: some great um, Dr. Moore (laughs) quotes on millennials. I've been waiting to bring up with you guys. (laughs) They they were good. They were pretty good. I'm among the denominationals, yes. The denominationals.
2: That's
1: (laughs) that's all three of us. (laughs) That's that's, that's older than millennials. So um, that's the guys that are (laughs) refusing to wear business casual next week.
0: (laughs) No, that's at least those who are 30 and act like they're 65. So, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, they're going <laughs> the, the to have that They're going to
1: that. nice analog watch and that suit and tie. I, I and by
2: the way, don't, 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 I like the, the manual wind old watches. Don't knock that. Don't <laughs> knock <it. laughs>
0: by the way, um, forget the network. If they're offering fajitas, I'm there because God speaks to me through fajitas. I'm yeah, confident of that. These are good ones too.
1: So what do you think about that? What What is the future of denominations or denominationals going to look like? What, how is that going? What do you think? Just, I mean be Orwell here for a second and just predict the future.
2: I, I don't think, I don't think a lot of the systems that we have in place now will survive. I, I think you're, you're going to have denominations. I I think the doom and gloom, you know, uh, people that, that say that all these denominations are going to die or are, are probably wrong. I mean, they're, they're way too big to die off completely in the next 30, 40, 50 years. I mean, it's not in my lifetime. Are you going to see my denomination like, go away it's just too big there's just too much involved but i i don't think that the archaic systems that we have in place to make denominations work will survive Mm -hmm. and and i think in order for the for denominations to thrive you're gonna have to you're gonna have to radically change a lot of the systems that are in place it doesn't change the mission you know it doesn't change what's happening on the field it's just how we facilitate that is it's uh well it's a, it's a, it's a 1925 Ford in in the case of our denomination. Mm-hmm. We're we're putting putting around in it, p- 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 uh, Micah.
1: What do you think?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think the future of denominations is healthy and robust mm-hmm. in this sense. We will always have formalized partnerships, and they may not call themselves denominations. We have denominations now that call themselves networks, so that's fine. We may not call them them denominations, but there will always be formalized networks, and they will always adjust or die. And the ones who adjust will continue to thrive and and function, and and those will continue to exist. So uh, I, I believe that denominationalism, if you will, is going to continue to thrive, whether or not it's called a denomination or not. Now, when you ask that question, I I think what a lot of people hear is, are denominations as we know them going to continue and thrive? Well, I think that likely answer is no. They will either, there will either be some adjustments, uh, which we're seeing. We're seeing course corrections in a number of them, uh, including at some levels the the family we're a part of, or, um, you know, they will be overtaken by other networks that understand the context and the culture around them and reflect, um, you know, reflect those realities in a more accurate way. So, uh, always. We will always have, you know, the poor are with you always, Jesus said. Denominations are with you always. We just may not call them that. But, I mean, networks of partnerships are always going to exist at some level.
1: Yeah, and here's my two cents. The um, It's not nearly as evil as we all sometimes hear everybody oh well the the body of christ is unified why do we have so many splinters it's not nearly as because there's different opinions that's all it is it's just there's different views or there's different maybe that's not all it is but there's different understandings of things that cause us to kind of lump up in different groups now you can work together on different levels and i also think it's a good thing when these networks rise up gain national prominence and then kind of fade off those things recreate um energy in different levels and so i say be a part of the team you're on and love it and and help out and join and and you know run and do the. i think i think as long as we keep the local church at the forefront of what we're doing and what we're about then it'll all be fine it really will be fine if you just kind of hang out with different people and stuff like that final thoughts on networks i love i love that you just summarized out. everything don't worry be happy um, <laughs>
0: yes, yes. That's,
1: that's just my, that's my mission That's my meth- message to all those Denominationals out there Just don't worry about it just be happy <laughs> Haters out.
0: gonna hate That's what Josh is saying Haters, Haters gonna, gonna hate. hate Stop it <laughs> 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 Well oh, it's all
1: awesome possum It's all awesome possum Alright well If you are at a large um, gathering Of people in business uh, um, Casual business attire in Phoenix As you listen to this Uh, stop by and see us we have stickers if you are in the Phoenix area what are the dates next week's dates Um, we wanted to kind of let everybody know about this next week that would be June 12th through the 14th if you're in the Phoenix area stop by regardless of your association denomination find one of us we've got stickers on us laptop stickers they are beautiful they have our logo they say EST and EST Church and so we want to hand those out also, make sure that you are subscribed, rating, and reviewing us on iTunes, or as uh, Pastor Talk says, your favorite podcatcher. Um, you can find us at EST Church on Twitter. Just like Jason, I'm going to say Jason Seeger. It's at Jason underscore S E G E R. He is the pastor of First Baptist Church Highland City in Lakeland, Florida. That's down in your part of the woods, there, Sam. And hey, we're glad. What's up, you- Lakeland? We're glad that you guys are listening and uh, hope that you are, are uh, kind of letting other people know on Twitter about the show. Again, rate review and subscribe on Twitter are on iTunes and we'll catch you next week.